I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Train Happy Podcast. My name is Tally Rye and this week we are chatting to the lovely Callie Thorpe, who you may have seen recently be one of the cover stars of the February issue of the Cosmopolitan magazine here in the UK. Callie is truly wonderful and I'm really glad we got to sit down and have this chat. Now, content warning, we do discuss disordered behaviours, fat phobia and all those kind of things and so please bear that in mind. However, it's really important we hear Callie's perspective on this, about her lived experience and I hope this helps us to just you know really just not judge books by their covers full stop and really um yeah be more compassionate with our view on on so many things but particularly how we talk about people their health their well-being and and how we make judgments on those things but before we do that it's time for train happy trooper of the week so this week's train happy trooper well it's gonna be me it's gonna be me I wanted to share with you um, a playlist I made a little while ago now, probably a couple of years ago, but it's just brought me so much joy recently when I have been working out at home. Um, It's called the Year 9 School Trip Playlist, and if you're into early 2000s R&B vibes, then I think you're going to love it. I have linked this in the information box, but if you search on Spotify, Year 9 School Trip it should come up um just think you know it's got jojo on there it's got neo it's got kelly Rowland and um all that kind of good stuff usher all the people i loved as a like 14 15 year old so i really hope you enjoy it um and the reason i really love it is because i think when i listen to music like that from my teens it really helps me to kind of just have fun. It brings out that inner child, that inner teen in me. And I think nourishing that part of me is so important and reminding myself um, that moving my body can be playful. And also the idea that um, when like this, this time right now is really heavy and difficult and I feel very much like an adult and maybe you do too, but finding music that you relate to as a child or as a teenager, I think can help you feel like you know, take you back to perhaps a simpler time. Um, so yeah, I've linked that in the info box for you. If you have a train happy moment you would love to share, please send them in. We want to hear from you. Email in to trainhappypodcast at gmail.com. That's also in the info box. Or you can DM us on Instagram on the at trainhappypodcast Instagram account and we'll be able to get hold of it there. So I look forward to hearing from you. But enough from me, let's hear from the wonderful Callie Thorpe. Welcome Callie to the Train Happy Podcast. 
how are you how are you I'm doing good. I'm so excited we finally sorted this out I feel so bad I was telling Dan I was like poor Tally I've literally been like for months trying to sort this out and I finally was like I'm sorry I'm free this day and we can actually do this because I was like we need to I feel so bad but I'm terrible with emails I'm terrible honestly <laughs> so am I don't Everyone. worry don't uh. worry I'm glad we're making it happen because I feel like actually this is the perfect timing for this chat yeah. because um people will know you from Callie Thorpe Instagram sensation um you have the your the confidence corner um which I think is going to is it now going to be a um commute like a like a community online community membership yeah yeah definitely we're just doing that you're a Cosmo cover star this month ah, I am yeah very exciting very so strange but yeah it's all been going on for you so yeah like, a weird January on all accounts, but how's it been? <laughs> yeah, it's been good. I mean, it was, it feels weird because, um, yeah, like January is usually quite a miserable, like a miserable month anyway. So I, I obviously um, knew about Cosmo earlier on in the year and it was a very strange thing to happen to me because I think obviously with everything in lockdown and I'd like, you know, virtually had, I hadn't been on set. I hadn't done anything for such a long time and um, Cosmo team reached out and they said, um, we're doing this special unique cover for the February issue, which will be out in January. And we really want to talk about this kind of um, holistic and kind of multi-diverse understanding of health and well-being and wellness. And we would like you to be part of it. And it was something that I was like, are you sure? I actually said, like, this is no joke. I actually called my manager and I was like, I don't think I'm the right person for this. Like, I tried to get myself out of it. And my manager was like, Callie it's Cosmo babes like what are you doing but I got on the phone with them and they were just like look we've 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 picked the people we've picked because we want to it's not just about image or just having a plus size person but they they specifically said they wanted me because to talk about my journey because I speak a lot about kind of mental health and my cycling and my cooking and um you know kind of doing things like swimming and working out that in a more of a gentle way and also just my journey with um disordered eating and I just was really excited about the, the the prospect of being able to talk about that because I just don't think anyone really does talk about that. Um, and so, yeah, I was very excited. And then it came out in January and it's been a bit of a wild ride, I have to say. But yeah, it's been really, yeah, it's been good. I'm, I'm really happy with how it came out. I think it, you know, it was so refreshing in general. Like I want to talk even more about this later on, but it was just so refreshing to see a cover where you could just relate to people and it just felt like it didn't it didn't feel um like the same old January message of you know do this to completely change yourself it was very much like I don't know like you don't have to you don't have to change you can be just as you are and that is okay and I think that was so powerful on so many fronts um, I really respect Cosmo in general for like kind of pushing um, the envelope on these things in terms of yeah. what they're willing to cover and talk about and discuss. Absolutely, it's just not something you see. Actually, when I was going through um, during like when it first came out, I went back and like tried to search like January covers, and I was just so shocked at like how undiverse and how it's like the same stuff every year. 
and so I thought it was really refreshing to see all these different perspectives and they you know the, the diversity within the, the within the 11 women they chose was just amazing like you had all different kinds of aspects covered a disability you had plus size people you had you know it was just such a wide variety of different points and, and understanding binge eating recovery eating disorder and recover it was just so wonderful because I do think people don't look at health as they look at health as one type of view and it was just nice to give people the chance to talk about it from different experiences um which you just never get so yeah it was really I was really happy with the the way that they had you know thought about everything to get it to get it to where it is well I think health is is usually very like reductive and it's very much like healthy is what you eat and how you exercise and what you weigh and that's it's distilled down to those three very small aspects of what actually um attribute to your to your health which is a huge multifactorial thing that is is way more complicated way more complicated than we're ever told um and I think it was so refreshing I think especially to address disordered eating and in that because I think often um and I, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I wonder also because spe- specifically within the plus size community, eating disorders don't get spoken about enough um, um. because people assume that that's reserved for people who are, um, you know, the kind of stereotypical much smaller body, you know, in a much, yeah, you know, much absolutely. smaller exactly emaciated it. body. And we don't realise that people of all different shapes and sizes suffer with eating disorders and absolutely that's exactly like actually it's been a real journey and I've struggled with whether like being able to like come out and speak about it because I have truly been suffering with disordered eating and eating disorders since I think probably like at least 18 years of my life really when I think about it um I've never had a good relation I've always had a very up and down relationship with food and it's been a real journey but whenever I've sought to get support or help I've I've gone to doctors or anything like that and the first response is just to put me on a slimming weight club diet and it's it's like it's it's I wish that I could rewind and go back to my childhood and never expose myself to this kind of messed up relationship we have with food where everything's good or bad and then I just you know I realize how restrictive my life has been and how much that has caused such a poor relationship with my well-being and it's I just don't think anyone talks about it and there isn't like even when I think about I mean so I am glad now that you do see eating sort charities that are speaking about it but even if I'm thinking back to like seven eight years ago there weren't there weren't eating sort charities talking about this there wasn't anyone that was outspoken and there wasn't anyone that was my size saying I have struggled with disordered eating because the immediate assumption is the reason you have an eating disorder is because you're greedy or the they, they, they just don't think you have one they just think it's not to do with disorder like the sympathy is all there is no sympathy if that makes sense there is if you're in a larger body the sympathy you don't get sympathy it's like everything that you do and everything that is happening to you is your choice and your responsibility but I just don't think anyone would ever say to an anorexic person you did this to yourself and you deserve this whereas I do feel like people think you did this to yourself and you deserve this with with living in a larger body so it is hard so it's always a sensitive subject for me and I was always very worried about the response that I would get and whether people would be kind so I've always been nervous to talk about it so uh yeah it's been it was very 
it was quite emotional talking about it actually I was quite like I felt a bit of a relief actually to speak about it more openly uh in a magazine with like millions of subscribers was probably not the best way to start it but I do think it helped build a conversation that, is, that needs to be had really it does I think they say that what um what a lot of doctors or you know health practitioners would see as an eating disorder in a thin person is um often recommended as a diet to someone in a larger body and I think that's so wrong and so obvious in terms of that you know people this is why I get so frustrated around this this whole conversation is that people expect or think it's okay for those who are not within the you know normal BMI range um to you know if they do show signs of eating disorders or disordered behaviors around food then it's simply praised as a means of you know hopefully mm. it's going to result in in weight loss in some way and it's yeah. that's where things are so messed up and so wrong that no one should everyone deserves to have a happy healthy positive relationship with food with their body and mm. you know we shouldn't reserve um we shouldn't reserve help for only people we think tick a certain box it has you yeah know, that's what's so unfair and sadly because a lot of times there's a weight requirement to what doctors are able to give um to to um you know refer for help particularly in the uk that so so many eating disorders are flying under the radar they're getting missed and yeah you know it's it's wreaking havoc with people's health yeah. and well-being Absolutely. And I think as well, I think as a society in general, we live in extremes, which is that you either are one thing or you're this, you can never really be this in the middle. And um, it's hard because I think when I when I first, obviously, when I first started, when I actually first started, right, started online, I was writing a diet diary. That's what my, my diet diary was called Slimming in the City. It was so cringe. And um I was just, I hated myself and I was adamant and set that I was, my life was not going to be good unless I lost weight. I was convinced I'd always, I'd always been in the body, like getting, I was getting bigger as I was going, as I was on and off these diets. And each time I was like, I'm a failure. I can never do this. I'm a failure. I can never do this. And I was convinced I wouldn't be successful and I wouldn't be happy if I had, if I didn't lose weight. But the problem we have is that when I was doing all these things, all the, the continued relationship and the continued relationship got more and more disordered. And I started using food as a coping mechanism for anxiety and struggles and all the things that were happening in my life. And I just had nowhere to get help to get them. So when I was struggling, my immediate response was to be like, you're a bad person because you have no self-control and you cannot control the things that you do. And, and the only person to blame is you. And the restriction would be, would then heighten all that. And it would just be, it would just become out of control. And I think the more we talk about these things and help people understand that it does exist on a spectrum for people, then we will be able to help people. Because when I came into the body positive world, after I quit my diet diary and started learning how to be confident I obviously got more you know my self-love and my self-respect it rose and rose and rose 
and it was amazing and there was definitely some you know some real growth and I began to love myself and I separated my self-esteem and my my what's the word my self-esteem and like the love I have for myself and my and, and who I am as a person was separated but I still did have some unhealthy coping mechanisms and I never quite fixed that and I also think it's quite hard within this within both with both spectrums of like also wanting to be able to talk about these things without upsetting other people and like I always thought I can't talk about this feel these feelings I'm having in the body positive community because I have to be talking about self-love because I have to talk to everybody about how much you should love your body and that I have to tell everyone that you know it's okay to wear a bikini and I realized that I can still do those things and still say you can be on a journey to love yourself you can love yourself you can separate self-esteem from everything else but you still can have you still can have these, these issues and it's okay um so it's been a real journey for me to find a way to interlock those two things together and I do feel like I'm on a path to really discover like really internal love not external love which was uh the body positive and self-love community helped me externally love myself but I think I need to do some internal work and that's a continued path to where I'm at and I hope that like sharing what I share with Cosmo will help other people to feel safe to talk about that as well I think you're so spot on in terms of we and we have I don't know if you're aware of the work of Lindsay and Lexi Kite of Beauty Redefined no I've not I've not oh okay I'll I'll once we've finished I'll send you some stuff because they are incredible and their work is around They've just come out with a book. It's called More Than a Body. Oh, and wow. the idea is that they're talking of this idea of, um, you know, a, there's a certain step of body positivity where, like you say, loving the outside will get you so far. And that is a great step in the right direction. But there's so m- that the true, um, that, you know, the, the greater, more sustainable, you know, a, approach is really to focus on that internal work and that's the hardest thing and I I don't know if if you feel this that you know working on that working on that external stuff and you know for you having the body positivity community and feeling that it's like it gives you the strength and the courage to actually face the deeper shit yeah it does it does you I don't know to jump straight into that I mean you know personally I didn't know that that's what was actually going on I didn't know I thought it was all about about just simply if I just change what I look like in the mirror if I'm just happy with what I look like in the mirror then that will solve all the other stuff but it's like it's layers (laughs) it's so many layers and that is it's it's so interesting because when I think about it it's like I think about the times I was actually talking about this the other day with my husband Dan and I was saying I was looking at old pictures like I'm talking back to like before I even started diet like writing a diet diary or anything and I was much smaller and I was convinced I was huge and I was and I was convinced I was much larger than I was now I clearly had dysmorphia but the funny thing is is those feelings were the same as some of the feelings I've had as a larger person so it really goes to show that it's absolutely nothing to do with what you look like, but everything but how you feel. Because 
if I couldn't have been in a size, you know, I, I vividly remember this one holiday I went on with my friends. We all went to Magaluf when I was about 17. Before we went on this holiday, I was like on this mad diet and I wanted to lose weight. And I remember being in Magaluf with my friends and feeling so huge and so self-conscious and so embarrassed about being, you know, out with my friends who, you know, were all smaller than me. And I look back at that. I look back at that picture the other day, and there's a photo of me. I'll send it to you so you can see it. But I was in small shorts, and I probably was about a size twelve or fourteen. And in my mind, and that holiday, there was so many times when I was so embarrassed that I was. And I still got loads of. I actually got like people call me names like at the clubs and things because we all had like it was back in the two thousand. So, you know how body image oh, stuff was yeah. then you know and in my mind I was con- like convinced that I was disgusting and and all these things and I look back now and I'm like that is so wild because I have felt similar feelings to that but like I've been actually been in a bigger body and it's just it's just it's just so interesting how like dysmorphic it all is and how we just it is all an internal thing um but it is it's it's a very difficult this this subject as a whole I think is a very complicated one Mm. um and I'm like going through some like internal learning work for myself about my own internal fat phobia but also the work I'm doing on body autonomy and how I want to navigate that in my life um and that's that's a bit of a tough one for me and it's something I'm working through and I don't know how much of it I want to share just yet because I feel like it's such a personal journey but I do I don't know I I I find I don't know if you find it kind of a hard like line to toe with people and how they how, how to navigate that because I as I said I I read this my friend wrote this newsletter the other day and she said the internet lives in extremes and she talked about how everyone says that their way is the right way you must do this you must do that and it happens in both camps it, ha- it does mm. it happens in all camps and I do feel like the most important thing is to be in tune with yourself and work that out for yourself and kind of cut that noise out because it can be very, very overwhelming. Totally agree. And I think, I don't know about you, but whether it comes down to choices you're making around, you know, your health and well-being, or whether it's just in general, it's like whether you have what your opinions are on a, a topic. Yeah. Um, you just, I have to sit back often and think, hang on a second, what do I think in this situation? Yeah. Because I'm reading everyone else's opinions and I'm thinking, oh, that's how I should think. Yes. That's how I should see this issue. Or that's how, oh, they think that I should think that way about food. So I should yeah. do that. Whereas you're right. I think what we're losing a bit and what we need to do more is have that a level of discernment for ourselves where we go, okay, well, this is my life, my perspective, my lived experience, my, you know, I need to take all that into account, you know, and look at all the different aspects before I make choices for myself. It's it's really funny, years before I left Twitter, but years ago, I did a tweet and I said, I am not healthy. And I said, and that doesn't mean I'm less deserving of of being respected and, and all these things. And I also, I think that has been something that's always stuck with me. And I've always continued that message. It's like, no matter what I'm doing, for me it doesn't matter what that is because I'm not you and I'm not your body so like there are some things that I know aren't good for me like I know that binging till I'm sick is not good for me it makes me feel extremely ill it makes me have severe pain incredible inflammation in my body fatigue 
tiredness. So I, it's, it's a form of self-harm. It truly is. But if I was to say, if I was to say, you know, in order to, to manage that, I have to be mindful of the choices of the things I choose to put in my body, i.e. there are some trigger foods. When I'm saying I don't mean that as in I restrict or anything like that, mm. but there are some things that, are trig- that, that trigger me in, in a way or some experiences that trigger me in a way. It's really hard to explain that without then feeling like I'm saying, oh, well, I, now then I start thinking, well, you, you're not body positive, you're not intuitively eating, you're not this, you're not that. And it's like, I just, it's, sometimes it's just important to just like take note of your own feelings, like how you navigate that. And, you know, you can read all the books and do all the things, but only you know. So it's just like, it's really important to kind of, I've like been learning to like tune out that noise and be like, okay what do I want? How does that feel for me? And how can I do this for me without, with, with being sensitive and not pushing my opinion and not sharing this? Not everything has to be shared as well, which I think is like one yes. thing we all need to learn a bit more. Cause I feel like we're always constantly sharing that this is my choice and now I'm going to do this and everything has to be a journey. You know, I, I don't necessarily feel that way for me. Um, but I just, it is, it's a very hard, it's very hard and that's why I wanted to speak about the health thing the health thing because even the term like with the Cosmo thing as we'll talk about I'm sure in a bit but with the Cosmo cover the word health was what what there was a big backlash from it and the word health was what upset everybody and the main issue people had was with was only with the two really plus size people that were in it was myself and Jessamine and the reason why they were so angry about that was because they were adamant that we could not be healthy and that we're disillusioned and that you cannot be healthy and Cosmo chose that word and I I'm not I wasn't particularly like I didn't know that they were going to use that term this is healthy but obviously no one read the context of the page before they lost it and for me, I was just like, it was interesting to see it because I was like, why, what is it with the word health that everyone is so bothered by? And I realized it's because health is some sort of superiority tick box that people have. It's like, it's like if you're healthy, that you've achieved it, like well done you for being healthy. But like health is so many things. It's like health is like getting enough sleep. It's like having um a purpose in life it's you know wearing spf that's healthy you know not taking masses amounts of prescription drugs that you know people that there's so many different things that are classed as unhealthy having a lack of iron that's not healthy but there'll be people that have just gone vegetarian because they're really healthy and they might have low iron in their body and that's technically not healthy but no one's gonna call them out but it's like as soon as someone saw me in, in my physical body and jessamine in hers we were automatically deemed unhealthy, even if no one saw our stats, even if no one, you know, went through and did a tick box of, you know, what we did, what I ate, how I moved, what we do. Like, you know, literally in the in the photo of Jessamine, she's doing like a back bend or something or other. And it's just so interesting how people feel so riled up by that word. And it was just it was just it was just absolutely wild to see people just lose it over it. And I just was sat back and thought, we are so behind in society. We we preach body positivity and we preach all this stuff. But when it comes to this, this is where we're always going to get stuck. And this is why no one will ever reach holistic health because we are bullying people. We're shaming people. We're laughing at people. We're 
controlling what people do and do and do and don't do with their bodies and it's just ridiculous and that's I just yeah I just sat back and was like whew this is a lot to deal with in a lockdown but it was it's been I know it's actually been quite eye-opening for me well here here I think you're totally <laughs> right from my perspective and particularly seeing certain commentary in the fitness community I think the reason people are making these you know controversial videos and saying outlandish things is because they feel threatened because they know that a lot of and you know a lot of people feel this way because a a lot of it I think is people know that when we say that health is multifactorial and it we cannot judge health by visuals and weight alone that that is one one factor in over a hundred that we need to consider when we say that people could be unhealthy people experience um bad health you know there are people in hospital along all different body shapes and sizes you know I don't I don't I don't get this whole idea that like if you're a certain weight then you you don't experience poor health of any kind like I, yeah that doesn't make it's very sense ableist as well once what my one friend once like said to me about that like people with chronic illness that's chronic it's ill they're, they're all they're constantly ill it's like you wouldn't shame someone for having fibromyalgia mm. but actually my friend who has fibromyalgia she's been shamed loads because of her weight and it's like it's just so it's just so funny that people, I think people don't realise, but they, they act like they care about health. But it's not, it's they care about image. Like the one guy that really pissed me off with the Cosmo thing was that, I didn't even know his name. Let's not uh, mention Jane, it. Well, yeah, let's I won't not, even mention his name. Not. Don't, I don't want to give him any No, more. don't give him any <laughs> but, but he, his, it like was really funny. And I had this amazing follower of mine that wrote to me because she said that she had researched, she originally found him years ago because he talked a lot about kind of, he was against like the skinny tees and he was kind of really in, actually quite um, encouraging kind of this like more of a normative um, discussion around well-being. And um, my follower messaged me and she sent me a screenshot of an email that she wrote to him being like I'm absolutely appalled at the way you've behaved with 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 speaking about Callie in this way and I want a refund and I'm disgusted at you type thing and it was just so I was like so grateful like for that because I was obviously would never expect anyone to do that but it was just so interesting for her to tell me how he had done the 360 and how he started off being like you know very balanced and trying to like you know talk about the dangers of diet culture to then immediately attacking obese people and saying we're lazy and that it's all self-control and and blah 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 and I just I just realized that people just want to say stuff to say stuff that's it they just want to share views and they want to be controversial for controversial sake he doesn't know me if he really cared about me he could have messaged me and said would you like some free PT training but he didn't and you know he doesn't he doesn't care he doesn't care about me he doesn't care about any other fat person around he just wants to be someone that is known for being outspoken and for being controversial and for you know making statements that you know people will all cheer in the background going yeah I totally agree and all it does every time that they see those comments it validates that thing with inside them which is that they are superior to me that they are superior to another person in a body in a larger body that they're the ones that are ticking all the societal boxes but it's like 
you could do everything you could do the green smoothie you could be slim you could do all of these things and just to remind everybody you will still die we all die but you could do all of those things and you could get cancer you could have this you could have that you're not none of us are none of us are going to escape illness yeah. in our life it's just a fact and people need to get real with it quite frankly and I'm not that's not to discourage people for choosing healthy behaviors because I really believe in healthy health behaviors I believe in getting lots of sleep I believe in moving your body I believe in eating nourishing delicious food that is good for you I believe in the power of food I don't believe food is medicine but I do believe food has really incredible benefits and that having a diverse range of nutritional foods in your diet is important and I literally could tell you, I probably know more, ask any fat person, we probably know more nutrition stuff than anyone, because all we've done our entire lives is research, what's the calories in this, how many sins in this, how many macros in this, um, what's the benefits of this, we know every single superfood, we've tried every single diet, like we know, trust me, we know, I don't need some PT person to tell me that I'm not doing reading, right, like I know enough, thank you very much, but it's just like, they ignore all of the factors that come into play, like childhood experiences, restrictive eating, the um, coming coming in and out of diets, how that affects your body when you're growing yeah. up, poverty, uh, food deserts, <laughs> access, like all of these things are just not included in the conversation. And it's literally comes down to greed. And it's not, and it's like, I've got friends that could absolutely annihilate a Domino's and no one would blink if they ate a Domino's if I sat and ate a tire Domino's some, I, and I was in front of people I, I would never I, I used to struggle to eat in front of people because I would think some if someone filmed this this would be all over the internet like I see these mukbangs and things and I just think wow like I could never do that I could just never and that's we were such a it's There's just so, so many- funny so many double standards for that because I know that if I post a picture of myself eating a pizza online I'm gonna get praise and thank you so much for being real and I so appreciate you know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get all the praise um and I know that sadly if say you did that you're gonna get a video made about it because how dare you you know and it's like why are those two things different when you know that you know in this case both of us are recovering from a disordered relationship with food and this is both for for both of us this is a big win perhaps I don't know for you but it'll be a big it was a big win when I first started eating pizza and yeah I know and perhaps that's been the same for you yeah um and yet we don't and I think what was so interesting about that whole conversation was the huge concern for health with total disregard for mental health. That's what I wrote in the magazine. That's what, that's what, <laughs> what really robbed me up most. I was like, I, uh, there are a few people, a few, like I got asked on Good Morning Britain. I declined. I declined loads. I actually did really get upset with the producer and I actually really gave them a piece of my mind because I was so upset with the way they handled it, things, asking me to come on to debate my humanity essentially telling me they wanted me to debate with someone that thought that thin was good and fat was bad and I was like get real like I'm not doing this and I I I honestly sat there and I was watching one of the shows which I really regret doing now because it was really upsetting for me but I was watching one of the shows and I said to Dan I said if I was on there the only (laughs) the one and only thing I would have said was have you read it have you read it 
because they just they just none of them were reading it and I was like you're saying all this stuff like I haven't talked about the fact that when I've been at the gym or going to the gym that I've been abused walking along the street to go to the gym you haven't spoke about the fact that I've talked about I've suffered with disordered eating you haven't spoke about the fact that I love to swim that I love to cycle that I'm you know it, like you don't even you need to look at my Instagram and I cook all different types of food like I like for me the biggest thing has been this like last year was to really I've really got into I've always loved cooking I always have even since I started with Instagram years ago but this year has been like a real journey for me to like really be more open with cooking everything like absolutely everything not just doing only healthy or only eating things like a real mix so I could find that balance within myself to enjoy food as like not seeing everything and being so focused on and I can't have this and I can't have that or whatever and it's just people just don't they just don't care like my sister is like a size 10 and she loves junk food she says like she doesn't eat she doesn't eat healthy she comes to my house when she used to come to my house before with before lockdown happened she would say I can't go in your fridge because all this in there is healthy food she can't cope she can't she like it's literally a running joke between me and my sister and my sister's small and I'm big and this is why we know it's not we sadly this is why we know this is not about a health concern this is simply about clickbait and yeah um I'm really sorry and angry that you were the target of that and Jasmine was the target of that and I think you know a lot of it is because in the fitness industry there's a lot of money to be made on before and after photos right there's a lot of money to be made on selling people the dream of you know that the smaller body will equal this new life you know that we were all promised and when someone says look I'm in recovery my mental health is in you know a much better place than it has been I'm doing these things to take care of my mind and my body um and that may include existing in a larger body because that is healthy for me right now because Mm. pursuing weight loss is part of an eating disorder yeah that you know we know that when you say those things the kind of the house of cars kind of comes crashing crashing down on those people who've built a business the whole business model is telling you that you know you are automatically unhealthy at a certain size or you are um you're going to make assumptions about you for that sense and you'll only be better when you are doing xyz follow me I've got the plan and guess what it costs 50 quid yeah that's what it's all about. This is sadly, pe- people feel extremely threatened about their their money making opportunities because diet culture is never thought a of it billion like that way. dollar. Well, diet culture is a billion dollar industry. Oh yeah, we, that's the that's the thing which is so. That's and it's like sadly a lot of the per- 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 uh, specifically in fitness are going to speak out about this because yeah to to say that you could accept yourself and you know exist in a bigger body goes against what a lot of people have sadly been taught through their education personal training education and therefore believe and preach and practice yes Um, I've had some terrible experiences with PTs where I've paid for someone like paid privately like 60 pound an hour and one time I turned up and they didn't they weren't there and I was like where where are they and I waited in the reception area and went to the desk and they were like and he rocks out and he's like oh sorry I forgot we had an appointment today and then he just threw me on the cross trainer 
I was like, I'm paying £60 an hour. And it was like, immediately I just knew that he just just didn't give a shit about me because I'm not worth investing in. Because to me, I'm just someone that is not going to be committed and I'm not into fitness and he doesn't care about me. I've had it where I've had uh, PTs be rude, rude to me in the gym. And they just like, they're just so, their ego is so huge. They have no care. They're like, what, what, how much weight do you want to lose? I'm like, what? Have you, I haven't even said my goals yet. I haven't even, that's one of my biggest gripes is the, the assumptions we make, you know, the idea that as personal trainers, that everyone's there with a weight loss goal, everyone that a personal trainer is only successful if they are able to show before and after photos of the clients. It's simply not true. And it's yeah. sadly bad practice. And it goes back to education. Um, if there's any personal trainers listening, there's a fantastic campaign going on. It's an Instagram handle called at against weight stigma. Yes. I think you're going to get involved with yeah, it as well. They messaged me and I, Amy, I think her name is. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so powerful. I think it's so wonderful because I think that's where I, I find it really interesting because I want I want to like and this is what we're doing. So we're obviously launching the mem- the conference corner membership. So the conference corner mem- the conference corner page was obviously a page which was like a kind of like highlighting community and growth and learning and experience as a plus size woman or living in a larger body. Um, and I re- I said to my like my business partner Lauren, I was like I really want wellness to be a focus within this because. There is no space I know of that really like is dedicated to kind of honing in that conversation for people in larger bodies. Obviously, there's lots of support, like amazing people like yourself that do so much work to help people, you know, get into a point of understanding that the exercise and well-being is accessible. But I also think it's important to understand it from a plus size person's perspective. It's very hard and I I've really struggled with this because I think it's so important. I get a lot of people write to me. I once did a podcast with Dr. Joshua Wellrich and we spoke and I, before I'd asked people to ask some questions and one question that came up was what if I want to lose weight, what, what happens then? And I think it's so important that we don't, um, we don't take people's body autonomy away. And like, until you live in a body, which is larger and have to navigate sometimes the pain that comes with it, this isn't, this is me speaking from my personal perspective and not from everybody's. And this isn't the case for every person living in a larger body, but there are people that write to me and say, I'm in physical pain because of my weight. I'm in this and that. And I, you know, where do I go for that? And it's like, finding a way of helping and support those people. So they feel understood and seen guiding them into a a process um and saying like here's the journey like it's long it's really long you know not like I've keep seeing this thing which is like no one gets fat without without you know getting themselves in that position and you don't you don't you don't you don't get fat unless you're eating but it's like that's not true there's so I'm reading a book called have you ever read it I think if you haven't you really should but it's called the body keeps the score yes it's an incredible book it's about trauma and how it lives within our body and it's all just about there is so much stuff that we like our body keep keeps me- memories of and holds things and like weight is a thing that people as a, is a response to trauma sometimes and I wish we would talk about that no one talks about it but it is true I'm not saying that you like I'm not encouraging people to go on weight loss journeys or anything like that I, I don't I would never but I do think we have to hold space for people who are seeking a path and I'm my thing is not about encouraging weight loss with that but encouraging um healthy behaviors and things but I've actually spoken to my therapist and you know there have been times when I'm like 
maybe like I you know li- listening to these things that these meshes and obviously having to deal with the kind of abuse that I deal with from the back of things like Cosmo I literally had conversations with my Cosmo uh, with my therapist and been like maybe they are right maybe I'm disillusioned maybe I'm this maybe I'm that and my therapist said to me what if you just made choices for you and not because of what everyone else said on either side of that what if you just made that decision and said what about if I just focus on what I want and not worry about what reaction or what someone said or whatever and I think that's been so important for me because and I want to like nurture that in a space that we can make safe to discuss things because I don't think people talk about the trauma and the actual sometimes quite harrowing experiences plus that people are put through um you know having people having your you know my one my friend once had her image stolen and turned into a meme and it's just like these things they live with you they you ne- you'll never forget the, the things people say to you about your weight you'll never forget being called a, a fat c-u-n-t walking walking down the road on the way to the gym you'll never forget someone making fun of your weight you'll never forget you know not being able to fit in a seat somewhere or you know someone embarrassingly shaming you at, on in an airport seat like those things they live with you forever and I just don't think people talk about it and I just want to kind of find a way for us to have that conversation to understand not just the mental pain people experience, but the physical pain that comes with it as well. And they, 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 they're one in the same thing. Like mental pain is to me as painful as someone punching me in the face. Because you can't forget about it. You just cannot. And the bruises last longer. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. So it is, it's like, and if you, I'd love to, if you have any recommendations, because obviously, and obviously we'd love to work with you on the confidence corner, but we really want to garner a space where we uh, help people to feel like they're understood and that we give options and and we have understanding for everybody because Mm. I don't think it should be either or I think we should have a space where we can navigate this support people and it's just important to understand how how dangerous diet culture is really because Mm. I think people still equate intentional weight loss with diet culture um I mean it is to an extent but like I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it, it, it is it is just really interesting. People still think that like intentional weight loss means like doing a restrictive, awful diet when I don't, I always say like what, what you know, intentional weight loss can happen after, if it's a byproduct of taking care of yourself, which promote healthy behaviors, like going out for a walk every day, making sure you're drinking water, making sure you're eating a varied diet, making sure you're taking care of your gut health. Like things we're just not taught. When you you there's when I was on Simon World, I've talked for so long now you have to cut this, but <laughs> when you're on Simon World, Ty, do you know much about Simon World? I know about the sins. And when you're on Simon World, you well, I used to be on Simon World years ago. You could have, like they say, you can have as much pasta, as much meat, as much fish, all these things as you want. But and everything else is sinned. And I will never forget that when I was doing Simon World, an avocado was 20 sins, and I was only allowed 15 a day. Wow. So it makes imagine no sense. that. <laughs> it makes so no it's sense. like, yeah. I d- and I think you're right. Um, and, I, you know, I, I hold body privilege, thin privilege, totally acknowledge that because you're right. When we're having this discussion around what people choose to do with their bodies, it has to be their choice. I believe mm. it should be an informed choice. Um. And, you know, we've also had um, Dr. Joshua Woolrich on this podcast as well. And we got into a really interesting conversation about how, you know, as 
a fitness professional and as a doctor himself, you know, I can't in good conscience recommend intentional weight loss because I don't have a proven, guaranteed, harm-free, risk-free method. No. Um, but like you say, you know, if I was in the position where I'm being, you know, we, we've highlighted this on podcast before, but if I was in the position of whether I got to access a certain aspect of healthcare versus not, for example, if I was going to be, um, when it when the conversation on IVF, you know, if it's a case of you're either able to get IVF or you're not, I can't imagine what I would do in that situation because it's such an unfair situation to be put in that it's so hard to say, yes, I know diets don't work long term. Yes, I know that th- this comes with a lot of risk, but yeah. I'm potentially being denied. Yeah, and I have family. and I have I friends just... who are going for that right now. I have a friend who's documenting her experience and she's obviously had to navigate, you know, how she has that conversation. But like, it is very hard. Like she is denied IVF. She's not, mm-hmm. allowed, and she has suffered with infertility issues. And it even comes down to like, I didn't know this, but do you know that it's that you some in some, in some places and in some, um, uh, what's the what's the term like counties and things you, you can't adopt if you're fat I just think it's you can't and if... I, I just that's where I just kind of say you know as someone who has the privilege you know who am I to judge a person's choice yeah I want their choice to be informed but it needs to be an individual's decision yeah. and I think you know we that there needs to be that level of nuance with the conversation and I I think you're right in that sense that you know, it can be see. It's like it can be either a black and white conversation, but there are there are shades of grey because you know this is this is people's lives. It's complicated, like everything. It's complex it's, yeah. and complicated. Um, and I you think, know, I think as well, like that's what I mean. Like a lot of the time, is like the decision comes down to it with intentional weight loss or whatever that may be, whatever that may look like for somebody, it, it's still very much tied to this idea of they need to do a diet that is like a diet, you know? But it's mm-hmm. like, that's not, and that's what's harmful, I think. And I don't think, and there's just not enough education out there. And um, it is a shame. And like I said, there are so many factors that come to play. I've realized so much that things are hard because things aren't accessible. Like, that's what the world feels harder and harsher to larger people because the world is not set up for us. We, you know, chairs, it's uncomfortable to sit at a restaurant at a, at a booth or on a plane because their seats aren't big enough. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's what I'm like, that's what I think is hard for people to grasp. And I, I try my best to be open and standing. And there are so many amazing practitioners doing work like like what you're doing. And I absolutely loved that you said then I, I acknowledge that I have this, privilege to be able to speak about this because navigating the life for you is different for how it navigates someone in a bigger body and so sometimes it's not even a it's not even a choice of like it's literally no no option like with IVF or with adoption or with you know physic physicality it's like it is literally not a non-option um but yeah I just I do think there is a big tie-in with relationships with how we like we how we treat our body and how our body reacts to the way we treat it 
mm-hmm. um, and how to navigate that. But this this conversation, we could talk about it for hours. But I, I actually have not really spoken about it with anybody. You're probably the first person I've ever really kind of been this open with on this subject. And I spoke a little bit about it with jo- with um, Josh because it is something that comes up. It comes up a lot, and we have to be empathetic and understanding to people in larger bodies and what it's like for them and how we navigate that and how we give that support so you know I I obviously recommend I I find like the intuitive eating pathway so helpful and so understanding and the work that's happening there and like I said you know there's so much work that I've done on self-love and and self you know go wear a bikini go to the beach do all that but I think sometimes it's like there's other things to consider and that's hopefully the more people that like yourself that are doing this work we will be able to have these conversations um because I don't think it I don't think it's black and white we all live in the gray and we all ignore that and that's what's irritating with these extreme views because it's like it takes away from with the Cosmo thing it took away from the from a moment that could have been a really good opportunity to say right let's talk about something good like how can we help people how can we talk how can we talk to people about who are nervous to go to the gym or nervous to go and do a home workout like how can we have this conversation versus what we did was shame everybody and then no one wants to even go there so I want to talk about that I want to talk about um because what we're discussing right now is weight stigma Um, yeah a polite way of saying fat phobia in medical settings in mainstream society in the fitness industry Mm. that's what we're describing um how do you feel that specifically in fitness we can do better you know to make people feel welcome and included and you know because this is what I get so frustrated at and I feel like I have this rant every blimmin week on this podcast I just did a TikTok (laughs) about it as well but I get so frustrated that fitness because and I think for a lot of people who've had a history with disordered eating um you know constant dieting, yo-yo dieting and things like that, that exercise is seen as a tool to, is, is very much part of the diet mentality and it's yeah. very tied to restriction. And, you know, therefore we don't exercise because, therefore, you know, if we're not dieting, then what's the point in exercising? Because there's no point, because the whole point is to lose weight. And if you're yeah. not losing weight, then it's unsu- it's unsuccessful and there's yeah. no point in doing it's it. It's a waste of time, yeah. That's However... You did you know you can enjoy you can enjoy all the benefits of exercise without weight loss having to be an outcome. Yeah, you know, it can improve your mood. It can you can get stronger, fitter, improve your cardiovascular health. You can increase your bone density. You can get more flexible and mobile and do all those things. Um, and the weight on the scales might change. It yeah. might not. We don't know. Everyone's body is different. We can't guarantee. I don't weigh happen. myself. I don't weigh myself anymore. I don't weigh but myself. It's like, I wish if people, I think if people knew that you could really feel so great for having movement in your life, then more people would feel, and if people saw themselves, and I think that was what's so important about the Cosmo cover, is that if people see themselves in this discussion, then they're like, oh, maybe fitness can be for me, maybe I can move my body, and you know, if if there are environments where we're seeing trainers who are in different shapes and sizes and we you know it's not just the people it's like across the board if we're yeah. seeing different advertising using different body types in campaigns you know with activewear and stuff like that then 
it doesn't get so tied to this idea that this is a dieting thing and though yeah this is a movement this is just a movement thing and it has it can be totally unrelated to absolutely that's why one thing I really love to do is um and I got into it really from the there's an amazing woman called Ella Chloe swims on Instagram and she does she's got something called she's called the dip advisor and she helps teach people about wild swimming and so she took me to hamster ponds and I swam and it was actually like five degrees it was in the winter on the I remember it was like a couple of years ago but I got so addicted to the idea of a swim and I've always swam in Lido's I've always loved swimming in Lido's so when I used to live in southwest London I used to go to Tooting Beck and now I go to all the different ones in in East London where I live and I wish people I'm like guys swimming eight doors is absolutely incredible like and it's like I've never weight loss is like intentional weight loss has not been was never part of why I started to swim I swam outside because there was one time I did it and I went to Lido for the very first time um like this was years ago now but I went to Lido for the very first time and I was swimming and I was lying on my back and I was looking up and it was a really blue day like a sunny blue day and I was just swimming and I literally felt like I was in the movie I was like oh my god this is absolutely amazing I felt so incredible swimming outside in the fresh air is so amazing for your lungs swimming in general is amazing for for as, as you know as a fitness um expert like it's incredible for overall body body like movement and your muscles and everything um cold water has really amazing benefits as well um there is so much like with inflammation with blood flow with circulation with heart health it's incredible swimming is amazing I love swimming in the sea I love swimming I'm just like a Pisces I love the water (laughs) but like I just I it's things like that like I wanted to talk about with people because it's like but again it always comes back to like it's so hard because many people would never dream like in plus size bodies going to a UK based swimming pool in a swimming suit. They might do it on holiday, but lots of people say they wouldn't do it in the UK, which is such a shame because there's some amazing Lido's in London and across the UK. I have a book actually, which is about all the different Lido's across the UK and wild swimming spots. And it is really so good for you, but like many people wouldn't do it because they think, I'm too big to wear a swimming costume. I wouldn't want to be seen in in that for whatever reason. Or I don't have the ability. Like many people would think I could never go swimming in five degree weather in a larger body. Like what if something happened to me? But like your bodies, our bodies are so magical and powerful and so like great. And I just like, it's things like that. Like even within the summer, this summer just gone, like I bought a, a new bike and I have people writing to me, like, like, honestly, like, hundreds of people, like, what bike do you have? Where do you get the bike? Is there a weight limit on the bike? Like, people are so worried. They just don't even, they're, like, scared to go on bikes. And I'm like, please, guys, like, the, cycling's so fun. Like, just going and getting out in nature, like, cycling, like, even just 20 minutes a day, like, it would change my mindset. It would make me feel so amazing. And it's just sad. Like, it makes me upset that we are so far removed that we separate like it's like you could only go for a cycle if you're on a diet it's like oh my god going for a nice cycle in the morning like clears your brain fresh air getting out in nature it's really it's also amazing for like commuting saves the environment like it's there's so many things um and look I'm size 26 when I'm on a bike people can see me come in and I don't give a shit quite frankly I actually don't care and I've had people like I've had a couple of you know dickheads beat me in the van I just put my middle finger right now I can't be bothered with it like I am enjoying my life and I I don't want to 
stop doing something that makes me feel good. And it does help make me feel good because, like I said before, like I've suffered with inflammation, it does re- reduce my inflammation. It helps me feel more more mobile in my legs. I feel so good, and same with women. It's just it's just so sad. It makes me so upset that people. Like, even when you do your nice dance workouts, it's like, I love the fact that you do that because I do dancing as well. And, like, people are like, they wouldn't do that because they just think, well, why bother? But it's like, dancing's so good for you. It's having a booby around your living room. Like, just get those endorphins out and a little bit of sweat coming. Like, it's just amazing. It's so good for you. And it's just a shame. I think that's where, well, I want to talk to you, baby, about, and I think this is, you've kind of explained it really beautifully, in terms of how we are, how reframing what movement is for you and like the same with cooking and reframing those things to be things that are about self-care rather than self-punishment. Yeah. And that what's been the biggest difference for you there? Like what's the biggest thing you've noticed in terms of just how you feel? I think for me, the biggest thing I noticed was that um I get a lot more like with walk like so I've just started walking recently I actually it's really funny because I love cycling I love swimming but I'm not keen on walk I never really was that keen on walking I don't know why but I feel like when you live in central London it's not as fun when yeah. you can go to the like countryside it is yeah and you're from Wales right so yeah ex- and, and that's the thing so like when when I used to walk and stuff, and I think as well, like I had, like uh, there's been times in life where I've had some mobility issues or I've had sciatica or things. And I've also, I get a bit embarrassed and I'm just going to be honest, like I've got a bit, a bit embarrassed. Like Dan's like six foot three and he's got like so tall and his strides are so huge. So I was like, can't keep up with him. I'm like, oh, my little legs can't do it. Um, And so I've just, but I've just started walking again, trying to do, I've like been trying to like just do an hour a day somewhere, like where I live. Um. And I, my favorite thing I was to like put on a podcast and just walk with the podcast. And That's what it, I do. Yeah, I love it. I've become to really like it. And I told Dan, I said, I'm sorry, babe, I'm going on my own because I like a bit of time on my own. He likes a bit of time on his own. And I'm like, I can't keep up with you when you walk. <laughs> and I like to go at my own pace. It takes me, it takes me like a good probably hour and like 15 to probably do like 5K which for other people would be like, that's so like slow. But I like going so I like walking the slow pace and listen to my podcast. I listen to a whole podcast and a couple of songs on the way back. Perfect. My mind's clear. Sometimes I do a walking meditation as well, mm. which I love. Um, I used to like really love Headspace, but I cancelled my s- subscription because I, I started listening to Deepak Chopra, which is, I don't know if you've ever heard, I love, mm. I love his work. Um, and I love listening to like Oprah's um, Soul Sundays or Soul, yeah, Soul for Sunday. I get the name of the podcast. Super Soul Sundays. Super Soul Sundays. I love her podcast. But yeah, it's just things like that. But like, it's been hard, like obviously, because I love swimming so much with not being able to swim during lockdown. Like mm-hmm. I did, when lockdown was eased, I went to the Lido and I canceled my gym membership because I, I used to go, my favorite thing to do in my um, gym was, it, it wasn't a very deep pool, it was a smaller pool, but it was my favorite because I used to just walk the length of the pool up and down. And I've got an, um, an underwater MP3 player, which if you've ever, if you love swimming, I really recommend getting. Um, the one I've got, I think it's called like i360. And I just put all my favorite songs on there. And it's like, I you can put podcasts on there. Mm. They even got one now, which is Bluetooth. So you can literally listen to your Spotify or a podcast or something. Um, and I would just walk the length of, of the pool, basically. 
and I used to not even care. People would look at me like, why are you walking in the pool? But actually pool walking is really, really beneficial because it's loads of resistance in the water. It's really good for strength. And I bought these kind of pool floats as well. So I could walk with the floats as well and do some like um, resistant exercising. And I love it. But I, ha- I chose to cancel my membership because I wasn't really, I felt a bit unsafe. I wasn't sure it was safe enough and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I miss it so much. So walking has been helpful, but I just wish people would see it as what it is, which is like, it's not about, oh, I, I like another thing I do, which I don't know if you are into, but I don't really track anything. I just mm. choose not to track anything. I used to do that a lot, but it triggered me quite a bit. I used to mm-hmm. get a bit obsessed. So now I don't track anything. I don't track, I don't check my, how many steps I've done or anything like that. Um, I only know the length of, where I live because it tells you but so on the walk but um I don't track I don't track how much I've calories I've burnt because so what like what's the point I I mean I just it, it'll only spurs on some sort of disordered stuff if I get a bit addicted to that and it's fine like I don't I guess some people do it I think some people it's really motivational and I get that but I find that for me it's just just I just do my workout and that's it I did one before I came on here earlier. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, and I'm so with that as well, because especially in terms of tracking and, you know, have promoting my whole thing is having an intuitive relationship with movement. And that's what you're describing. And you, you can't, you might not even necessarily know that that's what you're doing, but you're learning to trust yourself. And that's what intuitive eating, intuitive movement, that's what a what I call like a non-diet approach is all about. It's about learning to trust yourself again because for so long we've just outsourcing everything yeah. in terms of for validation. We're looking constantly for numbers to tell us if we're mm. good or bad. Whereas you need to know, do I feel good? Like what's making me feel when- physically and mentally good? And that can be in the moment on your walk, in the pool, and that can be, you know, around the choices you make around food. Like, oh, I know that that food doesn't make me feel so good. That food, yeah. really, that works for me and I'm going to stick with that. Absolutely. One thing I remember particularly was that um, every time I've ever gone to like a health assistant or whatever at the doctors, they're always like, have you tried interval training? <laughs> and every time I've been to a PT, they go, interval training. And I, fucking sorry, swear, but I hate interval training. I just, like... I don't like it. I've I've actually vomited while when I've been doing interval training. It's too hard for me, and I don't enjoy it. So I'll never do it again. Like it's not something I'm going to be like. Right, I'm going to go and do my interval training now. And I know people say, "Oh, it's so good," and blah 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 blah. But I just don't like it. I'm sorry. I just don't. I can't. I can't get on board with it. And isn't it better for me to? be consistently swimming and consistently walking versus forcing myself to do 20 minutes where I'm literally in pain panting like feeling sick feeling nauseous feeling dizzy which okay maybe the a person trainer might say is the most effective way for whatever it is they think is good for health but it doesn't I don't want to stick with it I don't want to do it so it, it doesn't feel beneficial to me it doesn't feel like it's helping me doing put in I've got this playlist which I call dance in your pants and it's like I love, I put, that. I love it it's my favorite <laughs> so I put I and I add to it all the time I put up a question box which I didn't realize but you can recommend music on and question boxes as well and I got everyone to send me their like favorite like what's your favorite like proper dance tune or whatever like you really like get all worked up for and 
I blast it, I blast it, and I just dance around my living room. I swear to God, I dance around my living room. I don't put, like, I sometimes I'm like, I'll get ready in the work gear, but sometimes I'll just get out of bed in my pajamas and do it. And I'll just sweat and I like will properly sweat. And I love it. I feel so, so good. And I've said to people, like, guarantee, put my dance in the, your pants playlist on and just dance around your living room, your bedroom, whatever. It is, it's so, it's so good for you. And I learned it re- really, it started off from, if do you watch Grey's Anatomy? Oh, well, no, not really. Uh, not really. Well, there's an episode where like Meredith Grey and her friend Christina, they, they call like whenever they're having a really bad day, they call dance it out. And so they just literally, whenever think something really serious and bad and awful has happened, they just get up and they start dancing. And I'm like, honestly, just five minutes of dancing around, like it is, it's so good. And it's, so it sounds so cheesy, but honestly, it is. It's just so good for you. And I, I just want people to do it. Like, I want, and I'm not talking just about bigger bodies. I'm talking about everybody. Everyone. Like, everyone needs to do this. Not because of some freaking special K diet telling us to do it. Just because it feels good to move. Like, sitting, like, for me, sitting down at home on my desk, stagnant all day long, it's not comfortable it's painful I wait I get up and I'm like oh I need to stretch out mm. having a little dance around getting your body like feeling a bit free and loose and everything it's just so good for you it helps with your sleep it helps with, it helps with every, it just is so good I could not advocate it more and I'm, I'm do, just um, so glad that you do it sorry <laughs> didn't mean to cut you off there I was going to give a cheeky plug for we do train happy Tuesdays and we do a dance party on Instagram live at 6 15 p.m I say we it's me and everyone you're welcome you're invited come along join I saw you do one yesterday I was watching that was that was a live and I uploaded that but I'm gonna be I, I do the same thing every well we do slightly something change but in essence we do the same thing every week with the idea that you learn a routine that has some sort of traditional kind of some of it might have a traditional workout move like there's a lunge in one part yeah but a lot of it is just bopping around and every song has a different vibe so it's like the disco song then it's oh, like I love it. the latin one and then we had um that kind of stuff so it's it's fun and for me it's like that's part of the playful nature of movement moving your body yeah. should be part of our connecting with our inner child yeah. one thing that I think gets missed is that that element of just that joy and the reason my book is called train happy the reason intuitive eating in the principles of intuitive eating one of the principles is called joyful movement is because it's meant to be enjoyable it's meant to be freeing and connecting with yourself and it's meant to be you know just having a moment to yourself that is fun and free and I think dancing is so all about that so I I can't so good. recommend we're enough. actually so we haven't really announced it but I might as well talk about it now but we are <laughs> launching a, we're, do, we're doing a book club with the conference corner and we've added your book to the list oh, so we're going to cover your book in the book club um so the, obviously the idea behind the book club we wanted it to be so that we, we would cover like it was kind of going to be like sort of self-development um like body positivity intuitive eating like all a wellness spectrum mm. as well but also just just, just very fun like light-hearted fun books as well um and we wanted to like you know, discuss these kind of interesting topics. Cause I was like, actually, what a great way to 
help people with these amazing books that are out there that people you know would wouldn't ordinarily think or know to buy and I thought actually it could be really cool so we're going to do like we'll do like a, a full book club situation when we where we cover the topic and do a zoom chat what we've learned from it what we took from it um and obviously do like any challenges like within it that are they're available and certain books have them etc whatever and so we're going to cover your book in that it's on my my list of uh, agendas so if you have any other recommendations you think oh, I should got, add to the book I've got so Tons. many I've got so okay. many I recommend so yeah. I'll, I'll send you a list so where can people find the confidence corner find you and find more about your story and perhaps support your Cosmo cover so the you can find the confidence corner at at the, the Confidence Corner on Instagram. And we've also got a link in our bio, which is just theconfidencecorner.co.uk, where you can sign up to our newsletter, which will get you first on the list for when we announce the membership, because we're only opening it to um, a specific number at the beginning before we close again to reopen, um, just because it's obviously the first thing we're doing and it's all like very new and it's just like, it's it's going to be really interesting. And um, then you can find me on just Callie Thorpe on Instagram. Um, I don't really, I used to blog, but I don't really blog anymore. It's such a shame. But I think really my main focus is moving towards really doing the conference corner full time because I realized that I like love sharing my journey and life, but I would like to do that in a safe private space. And mm. I, with what's happened with Cosmo, it doesn't feel that way anymore for me she's a bit sad um so I just want to make it like I just want to I want to take the knowledge I'm I've learned being in this industry since 2012 and the journey I'm on now and um help other women you know feel good about themselves move their bodies feel nourished feel happy feel content feel beautiful feel wonderful feel empowered like that they can achieve anything in life doesn't matter what size you are you can do anything I just really want to put that out into the world and yeah hopefully it'll be yeah hopefully people will join <laughs> we'll see we'll see but I'm very I am very excited I think it'll be a wonderful thing so but thank you for having me I'm really so glad we did it we could have probably talked for about 10 hours I truly we'll think we'll probably it. have to get you on for a part two I'm sure yes I would love that <laughs> no I I've I re- and like I said it's been really nice to I feel like you're someone that's really stood out in this industry as as the continue your message is is so clear and so supportive and you make you know you're so uplifting I love you I always see your TikToks actually (laughs) love your TikToks um and I think it's it's really important the work you're doing and that you are you know you're being so I do think the advocacy you do I I know you do it and I think you do it so well for larger bodies in this in the in the industry is just amazing and we need more people like you to be doing it so thank you for inviting me on it was absolutely a joy and um, I'm so excited because I'm going to make my harvest bowl in a minute. My my fake sweet green harvest bowl I told you about before this podcast started. <laughs> I will let you get to your to your harvest bowl. I feel like I've been keeping you. No. Um, thank you so much, Callie. It's been an absolute joy to chat with you. And I so appreciate your honesty and vulnerability. And I think people are going to resonate with this. And I, I hope people get a greater understanding of, of what what is seen to be a black and white issue. And as we yeah. said, there's just so many shades of grey. Exactly. Thank you so much. And that is it for this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you did, please let me know by sending feedback. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. Or even better, it would be amazing if you could rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you're listening, as it really, really helps to support and boost the Train Happy message. And remember, 
If you have had a recent moment where this stuff has just started clicking for you, then share your story with us via email, trainhappypodcast at gmail.com to become the train happy trooper of the week. And if you have a burning question you would like me to answer, then please send those in too. And it may be answered in our bonus Q&A episodes. Once again, thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.